Hi, welcome back to Tales from Second Street. As always, thanks to our faithful listeners and welcome to all you new folks. It's great to have you. I'm Doug Scott and I'll be your host. In this episode, we'll look at how our hopes and dreams help to keep us afloat. And at the same time, we'll look at how the stars in our eyes can be blinding. Here's a tale about an old house and a young family on a mission. Let's see what happens. Enjoy. The first house we owned was a beautiful old place. I think most first houses have a mystique about them, don't you? It's a kind of a milestone of our arrival in the world once owned by our parents. We have an address, our own address. You have to repeat it again and again. It's almost unbelievable. You know, it's like my house. It's like when you become a parent and you find that you have a son or a daughter. Oh my God, it's so huge. These are firsts and they stay with you forever. This place was really special. It it fit like a hand in the glove of the neighborhood of mid-19th century homes. It had a nice yard for the kids and was within walking distance to the charming little downtown. You know, right? They're all charming, aren't they? (laughs) The little downtowns? Well, anyway, it was. It was a charming little downtown, and we could take the kids for a walk to town and return to the house whose address was ours, where our name was on the deed. Ah, that is absolutely awesome. Kelly fell in love with it the minute we walked in the door. I, I just don't... <laughs> I don't think potential buyers are supposed to swoon before negotiating a price, do you? But the stained glass window in the entryway, oh my gosh, that got us both. Overlooked a little, kind of like a little slope down from the side of the house and ended up in a brook that ran at the edge of the property. It simply blew our minds. We were hooked, hooked, gaffed, whatever you want to call it. The current owners had a large family, mom and dad and four young boys. They were all pretty close in age, not the mom and dad, of course, and the kids were all redheaded like their mom. We met the parents with the boys. We wouldn't have been surprised that the parents' eyeballs were spinning in their sockets. You know, like those twirly things the hypnotist used to induce a trance? Well, judging by the frenetic pace of this crew, nobody's gone into a trance anytime soon. Shock, maybe, but no trance. A resident cadre of young boys will kind of do that to you. You know the old saying, boys will be boys? Well, guess what? Yes, they will. When we walked in, we found the place clean and surprisingly well organized under the circumstances of the traveling roadshow that was their family. It had a warm and homey feeling. The owners didn't even need to make toast to create an ambient, welcoming environment. It was a late morning in fall when we looked at the place. Shafts of pale sunlight were streaming through the east-facing windows. Oh, it was outstanding. The living room was bathed in a cool, serene, kind of like autumn glow, you know, when the leaves are starting to change and all that, with hints of reds and greens courtesy of the stained glass. Yeah, that thing that nailed us when we walked in the door. The place was structurally sound in a solid 19th century way, you know, with hardy, random with flooring and window trim and baseboards as thick as the roof rafters on sale at Home Depot. 
After the tour, we managed to stop drooling long enough to go back to the realtor's office and offer our bid. We didn't haggle. No, they didn't either. The owners accepted our offer straight up. It was really kind of scary, but boy, didn't it feel good to be jumping off the rental treadmill. As many young families discover after a while, renting begins to suck. After kids start arriving, thoughts turn to big grown-up stuff like equity. And paying somebody else's mortgage won't do it. So, to break the cycle, you put your head down, don your big boy or big girl pants, work as many hours as you can, and cobble together all the money you can. Because you need it for that precious down payment. It's a grueling, grueling process, but you know what? There's no easy way. You just have to keep the pedal to the metal. If you keep focused and grounded, the effort pretty much usually pays off. Closing was arranged and we were set. Things moved fast, and after a few weeks, we found ourselves sitting with our three little ones amongst the boxes of our belongings in the living room of our new 150-year-old house, our house. Just saying it felt wonderful. If you ever had the opportunity to buy a house, you'll know what I mean by being blinded by the light. When we're young, especially naive and pretty much inexperienced in house buying, we have stars in our eyes. We're attracted by the bright, shiny objects generated by some ideal fantasy, like this place. Kel and I were both zapped by that stained glass window I keep talking about. We obviously downplayed the dingy crayon scrawled wallpaper and the holes in the plaster. If truth be told, you know what we bought? Yeah, right. We actually bought that damn stained glass window. <laughs> the house was secondary. The house came with the window. Isn't that crazy? When we walked in and saw that gorgeous Victorian glass and the wonderful view, a kaleidoscope of scenes came to mind. We envisioned frolicking kids rolling down the slope, dogs, snow, and assorted wildlife, pure courier and Ives. By the way, have you ever looked closely at some of the courier and Ives prints? Really, have you? Next time you get a chance, have a look in. Kind of the same thing with this house. You know, the, the prints have snow-covered houses and roads, kids sledding, horses, sleighs. You can practically hear the sleigh bells in the snow. Courier and Ives Nostalgia Incorporated was the Hallmark Channel before the Hallmark Channel existed. When you look very closely, you'll notice some less-than-ideal things, like overgrown bushes and trees, broken-down fences, a few shutters hanging askew, broken windows, and kids. Yeah, kids, dressed in rags. We don't notice these details because we're struck by the nostalgic illusion of old-timey, Christmassy, 19th-century warmth. Our fantasy. But remember Dickens? Oliver Twist? More, sir? Sure, those were not the best of times. That's what we did when we bought the house. We bypassed reason. Reality be damned. Bright and shiny rules. When we moved in, reality struck. It turns out that before enjoying our little piece of heaven, a bit of a holdover in purgatory was required. 
And that involved cleaning, painting, and fixing. Lots and lots of work and lots and lots of money. It was a great house, don't get me wrong, but if we were to experience the comfortable hand in the glove we initially fantasized, we needed to make it so. Oh yeah, and shortly after our family invaded the neighborhood, we found that something interesting. One of our new neighbors told us that the precious little brook, you know, that thing that runs down at the end of the slope, well, it had a habit of flooding its banks in heavy rainstorms to the degree that on occasion it actually poured in through the basement windows. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the first time we learned that we actually had a water feature in our new home. There was also a charming little spring that spurred it from the middle of the basement floor in front of the heater. That little attraction kept the sump pump operating off and on most days. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the wonders of home ownership, but no fear. Onward and upward. First things first. Cosmetics. Kelly thought it'd be good to select paint and wallpaper in keeping with the age of the house. She wanted to bring the old place back to its former glory and all. Kel claimed that she and her mother enjoyed wallpapering when she was a kid living at home. She knew all about it, so I thought if they could do it, so could we. We dove in with both boots. We did our research and found a shop that specialized in period paint and paper. It was called The Paper Shop, interestingly enough. <laughs> we... We noticed an extra P and E in the title, making it read like The Paper Shoppy. Along with the extra P and the E on their sign and classical music playing when we walked in, we got the message. This rodeo was going to cost us big time. We, we had set some money aside for repairs and stuff, and then we wrestled with the idea of cosmetizing it on the cheap, but... As often happens with home repairs, we started off looking at hamburger, but switched off the T-bone in no time. We thought, like, how often do you do this stuff anyway? Maybe a couple of times in 150 years? So what the heck, we'll do it upright this time. Despite our differences and the strength of our opinions, Kelly and I have always worked well as a team. Sometimes we've felt like murdering one another, but concluded in the long run that it wouldn't be an efficient use of our energies. Besides, neither of our families were equipped or inclined to raise our kids. Murder-suicide would have left the kids orphaned and they'd have to go to workhouses and learn to pick pockets and all that good stuff. Bad idea. They'd also hate to miss Sesame Street. <laughs> well, usually we managed to hammer out compromises that we both could live with. The house project was ambitious and costly. But in the planning, we seemed to be operating within similar parameters, and we kind of had the same endpoint in mind. This was terrific because as our Band-Aid cosmetic do-it-yourself model morphed into major surgery, it required us to bang away on a lot of extra work hours to be able to afford all this crap that went into the project. Let's just say we didn't experience many problems getting to sleep at night. The chipping and painting of the trim and accents was completed and the fancy-schmancy wallpaper arrived for the cost that should have come with an armed guard. God. I have to admit it was gorgeous, though. We laid tarps on the floors and brought in sawhorses on a wooden platform for measuring, cut, and pasting. Despite how solid the house was, though, 
Anybody with an older house knows the walls aren't true, even, level, whatever you want to call it. Crooked is the best description, I think. We established a plumb line on the elderly walls so we could avoid hanging the paper in a cockeyed funhouse motif. All we had to do was measure, cut, paste, and hang, right? Easy peasy. I had never worked with wallpaper, but with my wife's experience helping her mom, I thought, well, this should be pretty simple. Zero hour approached. The kids were crazy excited with the living room looking like a construction site. They loved playing with all the boxes and transforming the horses into Lenape war ponies. Living in Pee Wee's funhouse made wrangling them for bed no easy task. Tonight, Kel and I were just as excited being that we were on the brink of our wall covering adventure. We were finally able to settle the kids and now they were in bed fast asleep. The time had come. I was so excited imagining the transformation the paper would achieve. It would look like a totally different place. I mixed the adhesive, measured and cut our first sheet, laid it out on the platform to ready it for pasting. After I pasted it, I would fold it up and hand it to Kelly, who'd hang it. I stood, pastebrush in hand, looked expectantly at Kel, who was standing on the ladder, and said, Okay, kiddo, let's let her rip. Kelly appeared not to share my enthusiasm. In fact, she looked like a deer in the headlights. Her face had lost color, and her eyes were darting left and right, she was ready to bolt. Kelly's not a slacker, and this behavior was totally out of character for her. I asked, what the heck's wrong? At which her shoulders slumped and shook as she began to cry. What was this all about? Well, I did my best to comfort her. I came to find out that she had exaggerated her paper hanging credentials. Turns out, that maybe she watched her mother hang a couple of strips of paper for a few minutes before she got bored <laughs> and ran out with her friends. Truth of the matter was, she had no idea how to hang wallpaper. I instinctively looked first at the expansive piece of material on the platform, the bare wall before me, the glue pot, and then at the boxes of paper piled over in the corner. There on the ladder stood our paper hanger, snuffling and getting ready to leap. An image flashed in my mind of Oliver Hardy fiddling with his tie and looking disgustedly at a weeping Stan Laurel saying, Well, this is a fine mess you've gotten us into. Oh my lord, I thought, what else, what else was she going to reveal? Was she from a family of spies? Was Kelly her real name? Well, actually the exaggeration about paper hanging was that nothing more exciting than that. She's as honest as a judge. Well, most judges, anyway. I'll never forget that night. Kelly was heartbroken. She's such a nice kid, but her sensitivity to other people's needs and desire to do the right thing is, well, it's often her worst enemy. To see her in such distress broke my heart. Eventually, she was able to get that this whole thing was not as big a deal as she was making it out to be. We went on to learn the paper hanging routine together. And like anything else, 
the more you do it, of course, the better you get at it. We ended up papering every wall in the house. Seriously, three floors. We became one dynamic paper hanging machine. And if there's a patron saint for paper hangers, we owe him or her or their mother big time. There you have it. Bring back any good memories? How about nightmares? <laughs> First houses are like that. You know, they're full of all kinds of stuff, all kinds of little traps that you had no idea, you know. And it's 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 kind of challenging, but you know, if you're young enough to handle it and a little resilient, you can get through it all right. And today, prices for housing continue to rock our world, you know. I think we need to revisit that old realtor adage of location, location, location. Change it up to something else. Anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Because that's about the way it is. Let us know what you think about this or any of the other casts. Feel free to reach us at Doug's Second Street at gmail.com. Now that's spelled D-O-U-G-S, the number 2, N-D-S-T, at gmail.com. Your thoughts and conversation keeps us moving forward. Breaking news, we have finally received our magnets promoting the show. Visit our website, talesfromsecondstreet.buzzsprout.com, email your name and address, and we will send you a gleaming, superb magnet of a quality rarely seen that will thrill you and delight your family for generations to come. In the meantime, until next time, from sleepy old brigantine this is doug scott signing off take care of yourselves and till we meet again bye